What to Know podcast explores best practices, innovation, and latest trends with industry experts with an eye toward helping you, the listener, stay ahead of the ever-changing marketing and communications landscape. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Strout, CMO of W2O Group and the host of the What to Know podcast show. And uh, I have a unique pleasure today. Uh, and he was kind enough to do this a little bit on a whim to sit down with someone else who has also uh, hosted the podcast, but a uh, colleague, uh, one of our principals, Bob Pearson. Bob is a vice chair of W2O Group and our chief innovation officer, multi-time author, and uh, this is going to be a lot of fun today. So welcome, Bob. Yeah, no, it's good to be here. It'll be fun. So the backstory is I had an interview, which will now be pushed to next week, and there was a little bit of a a mix-up on some directions, and so... um, I, I was excited to actually sit down with Bob because there are a few timely reasons to talk to him. I think anyone who listens to the show probably heard me interview Jim Weiss, our CEO, uh, several months ago after the Stratcom Summit. Uh, but Bob is actually one of the reasons why I joined W2O seven years ago. And so I think that's germane to this conversation. Um, one of the reasons was he led social and community at Dell. He had written a book called Pre-Commerce, which was pretty fascinating. I read it and thought, this is everything that I'd always sort of thought, and it's nice to find someone that's aligned. And I remember the first time he and I sat down, and he walked me through some of the models that he had in the PowerPoint deck, and I was just completely enamored. So I would like to rewind a little bit. So I tipped the audience off a little bit, Bob. Um, you started, you've had an interesting career. Um, I know you've worked both in the health space, the pharma health space, you've worked in the tech space, you've worked agency side. Let's give a quick, you know, 60 second pass and then we'll fast forward up to, you know, some of the things you're focused on today. Yeah. In terms of like how I got started and yeah. Yeah. So I, I think my core passion was I, I realized in college that I loved to write and writing led me to have a, a love for expressing concepts and expressing concepts realized that I, maybe I could be a consultant. And then doing it inside companies made me realize that I actually like narratives and uh, solving problems and things like that. And now when you fast forward to today, it ends up being understanding how to solve market problems. You know, So it's really always been about how to express, how to solve a problem. And it's just kind of like morphed as the years have gone by from a uh, you know writing for this Carolinian in uh, UNC Greensboro to now figuring out a new counterfeiting model to uh, to go against counterfeiters. So we'll talk more about that in a second. That's the foreshadowing for the book that uh, is just about to be published. It's going to be out in a few weeks at South by Southwest. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about your time at Dell because you did some fairly amazing things there. You worked for Michael Dell that I think a lot of people know that name. Uh, but you were one of the first brands, first enterprises to really ever start to institutionally use things like analytics and social listening and community and social. Where did that come from? I mean, I know there are a lot of case studies out there, but there are probably a lot of people that haven't been paying as close attention that would love to hear because I think that helped form a lot of who you are and then a lot of those ideas that you actually brought to W2O when you joined, what was it, eight or nine years ago? Yeah. Well, the big thing, I think, when you're getting into social, and at the time we didn't even call it social media, was that you have a passion that's driving you. And in our case, it was how do we get to know our customer better how do we know exactly what they're doing and saying? And then how do we align with them? So we were thinking about those things even before Twitter was formed. And in doing that, it, we focused on customer experience, but then we realized that social channels were a wonderful way to reach people, but also, quite frankly, to uh, get into a dialogue with them that was very different. So that was, I think, something that just kept morphing 
And then what we realized is, hey, we're Dell. We could do this in Chinese. We could do this in Spanish. We could do this in German. So we ended up doing it in seven languages. And the team there was amazing. So I always feel blessed that, you know, yeah, I, I was able to create it. But there were quite a few people who were pretty darn smart who made it all possible. Now, there's a funny anecdote that you shared that uh, I'm hoping I'm getting this right. I'd love for you to share, and then we'll keep moving on here. But um, I think you learned a lot working under Michael, and I yeah. think you mentioned how much he always pushed you, even as much as you felt like you were already racing. And one was a specific, I think it was a response time. Yeah. It was either to email or to social, yeah. and there was a decimal point issue that uh, you thought was a mistake on his part, and I'll let you tell the story if you remember the one that I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah, well, I, first of all, I think Michael Dell is one of the great innovators of our time, and he's more of a incremental innovator. And he's always making you see things differently that really stretch your, your mind. And so we had set up, the, the short story is we had set up a, uh, a, there was a need for a response policy. And I said, Michael, we, we've got to have some response policy where we get back to people in a certain amount of time. He said, I agree, go figure it out. So we did a multi-function uh, group and we did. And I came back and I said, look, it's a 24-hour response policy. We got it all done. I was extremely proud of our work and we want to launch it. And he called me back and he said, I think it's great. You can send it out, but you made a typo. Uh, you're missing a period between the two and the four. And I said, dude, what are you doing? Like we're, you know, we haven't launched it and you're already cutting 22 hours off. But his point was a great one. He said, why did you start at, at a week or so and get to a, a day? Why didn't you start at zero and go from there? Totally right. And, and that kind of mentality, I try to uh, remember in everything we do. And so that's probably a good uh, segue into your current boss and uh, our CEO and founder, Jim Weiss. Um, let's talk a little bit about that because I know you guys have worked together, I think, for 25 or 30 Forever. years. Right. You've been each other's client. Um, you have a really good but interesting sort of dynamic. And I think Jim brings a little bit of that. Why didn't you start at you know zero and work backwards? So just give us a little history on your relationship with Jim and you know what that's looked like. When Jim and I worked together before and now here, we're both driven by a very common thing, which is uh, clients. So whether you're inside a company or you're serving a company or organization, it was always, are we doing the best job possible? And uh, both of us believe that we're never doing the best job we can. We could always do better. We could always work harder. We could always do something, right? And so that kind of like uh, permanent angst actually, I think, drives you to success far more. And so you don't always realize that when you're like 23 years old, but as you get older, you realize it's kind of like being an athlete and that you're always thinking, I got to practice more. I got to take another round of batting practice, you know, because someone else may be if I'm not. It's the exact same mentality. And so Jim has that big time. And I think I have a, a pretty good dose of it too. And hopefully it, it translates well in the company. And I think the results are showing that, you know, may, maybe it's uh, working out okay. Yeah, I mean, yes, it has. I think when we release our results in another, I don't know, few weeks or so, people hopefully will be impressed. Uh, I know I've enjoyed being in that yin and yang. And, you know, sometimes it can be a little frustrating and challenging. But I will say that I've been very um, positively inspired and certainly learned a tremendous amount from both of you. So it has worked out well. I do want to focus a little bit on sort of your current role. Um, you know, we mentioned vice chair, but there's this chief of innovation I'd like to talk about that, and then maybe we can talk a little bit about the books, including the new book that will be coming out, and we'll sort of uh, do a sneak peek here if we can do that. Yeah. So when we think of innovation, what we're really thinking of, again, it's, it's client-centered, is um, I always think of the rule of three. 
So if we're describing a uh, solution to a client and they think, hey, that's amazing, that's what I want, and we go to at least three clients where they say, that's what I want, and I, I, I really need that, then we know we're onto something and we go build it. So usually what we're doing is we're looking at an existing model, we figure out the pain points in the unmet need, and then we go from there. So like the counterfeit model that I mentioned before, we know we have a lot of pharmaceutical clients. We know that counterfeit goods is a big problem. So is the gray market. And so we thought, wait a second, we're experts at understanding bot networks, how they build. We know how uh, search engines can be fooled. We know how um, basically bad actors act. And so we have put together a model that can expose exactly how bad actors are moving illicit goods so you can actually protect yourself. And that's just the kind of thing where you take like some analytic skill we have, some client need, and you just like stew in that idea. And then before you know it, you're like, wow, okay, we got it. And uh, that's what we keep doing over and over. And I think we do it pretty well. Some of the proof points of the innovation, you know, your books. So I think we mentioned pre-commerce. You've written another book called Storytizing, really the art of bringing storytelling and advertising together, which is this new trend we're seeing. And then you have a new book, uh, which you've touched, I think, a little bit on some of the the um, the background. You've written it with a guy named Harun Ula, Dr. Harun Ula, who's brilliant. Let's talk a little bit about that partnership and the book and when it's going to be out and um, when people can expect to get their hands on it. Well, Harun himself is uh, super smart, and he has worked at the State Department for years. He was uh, in terrorism planning, counterterrorism planning, for Secretary Kerry and Secretary Tillerson. Now he's chief of strategy for the Broadcasting Board of Governors. Real expert in understanding how things actually work. He and I know each other from uh, teaching at the State Department and, and helping embassy and consulate spokespeople and others understand how to deal with Russian disinformation, countering terrorism, basically getting out the story in the right way. And we thought, you know what? We're, as we're training people, we can only train 50 people at a time with a bigger group that is called the Marketing College at State Department. So if we write a book together, we can actually reach everyone in the world in terms of the latest thinking on how the brain forms, how habits form, uh, how we can actually re reach youth more effectively uh, between the ages of zero and 25, and what it all means. Like, how does, how does bias, hate, and extremism form? And then how can we counter it? And, and a big part of the book is what we've realized is we all don't, no one likes terrorism. No one likes extremism. Uh, but what can the average person do? What can you do to support an NGO? If you're in an NGO, what can you do better? Uh, if you're in the government, how can you actually work together as a team more effectively? So we reflect on that and give some ideas on how we might like join together because there's a lot more of us in the world who want to counter hate than those who actually foment hate. Well, I've started to read it because I have the, the pre-read, and uh, it is a wonderful book. Both you and Haroon, who have written books before, do a great job. Um, Amazon, it will be available about mid-March, yes? Yes, March 13th, yeah. And then I think for some of the folks that are coming to South by Southwest, which we're going to talk about in a second, they will have an opportunity to maybe get a uh, early edition, maybe even a personally signed copy. Um Innovation, South by Southwest. So you and I have had the pleasure of partnering on that for the last several years. Things have evolved, and we're very excited about that. Tell us a little bit about uh, you know what we're doing and why you're excited about it this year. Yeah, well, it's always been great to partner with you on uh, events in general. You know, and I think as as you know, we always look for who are the people who are actually going to open minds. Right, that's always been like our theme, uh, independent of title or anything else. And it's really an honor for both of us to uh, be asked by Hugh to come into South By and help with programming. 
in 2018. And so, you know, the panels we put together are pretty amazing, looking at whether it's like the future of healthcare, or we're looking at like what's next in B2B marketing, or we're looking at uh, the power of music with Chuck Lavelle, uh, is keyboardist for the Rolling Stones, and, and many other uh, really cool panels. So there's, uh, as you know, 16 of them in total over three days. So I, for me personally, I can't wait to learn from the folks that we have presenting. Yeah, it is amazing. I find myself always inspired by sitting with those folks, just like I'm inspired when I do these podcasts. Uh, the nice thing, I think, for those that have attended our private events that wrap around them. We will have our private events, including our Geek EQ. Uh, it'll be on Wednesday this year instead of Saturday, but uh, details of that will be coming soon. So lots of great musical guests. This is the point where I do like to drill down on you a little bit personally, the guest personally, and I do have a few questions which we talked about ahead of time. Um, the first of which is a fun one, and that's just asking what's something about you that people may not know that you're willing to share with our guests? Yeah, so... I think the, the thing that a lot of people don't know is I used to work with Mickey Mantle and Whitey Ford. So I'm a long-term, actually since birth, I think I've been a New York Yankees fan. And I got to travel around with them for a couple of years, playing golf tournaments with them. Really got to be friends with both of them. And, and that was really cool. Uh, the other thing that people may not know at, at this stage is I, we used to live in Switzerland. So uh, unfortunately, I don't speak another language, <laughs> but my kids do. And they're fluent in German, and, and that's kind of cool. And it is always fun to watch Bob walk around in his wooden clogs and his lederhosen, but uh, we'll save that for a different right. uh, podcast. I, I will build on that, too, just back to the Yankees thing, because you and I have the Yankees, Red yes. Sox. You like the other team. I, I do like the other team, and uh, we were talking about the Patriots before and how the Patriots in some ways mimic the, the Yankees. Nobody other than Patriots fans want to hear that. But um, your dad, actually, I believe, played minor league ball for the Yankees, which always made me admire your passion for them. Yes. Obviously, you grew up in the you know New York area in New Jersey, but uh, I think that was a pretty cool yeah, thing. Yeah, no, my, my dad played AAA for the Yankees. Uh, he was a shortstop. Same time that Phil Rizzuto was a shortstop. So he never quite made it to the to the you know all the way but he got very close and he actually set the double play record in the Carolinas league with Crash Davis who is the uh, person that people know from Bull Durham fame fame that's very cool so i just learned something about you that i didn't know and i know you pretty well um so the second question is and i know you are a voracious reader of books uh i'm actually going to ask the team Maya and Blair to link to your most recent post but um, share a book with us and then maybe talk a little bit about what you do during your holiday breaks where I think you sit down and read, you know, five or six books in a row and then review them. Right. So, well, I, I always try to read in uh, themes. And so I can actually um, understand more of what's going on. Uh, you know, like this past summer, I, I read three books in Vietnam so I could get a really much better perspective on, on that war, even though we've all grown up knowing about it. Uh, books that I just recently read, I just read The Speeches of Antonin uh, Scalia. Uh, very prolific Supreme Court justice. Very interesting to look at his viewpoints in total. Uh, before that, I had read uh, Henry Kissinger's bio from Walter Isaacson. And I find that even though those are a little bit on the long side, Walter Isaacson is, to me, one of the best biographers out there. And I really got to get a better feel of, of the statesmanship and the negotiation skills of someone like a Henry Kissinger. And quite frankly, some of that stuff can apply to what we do in business. Uh, and then the book I'm reading right now is The uh, Agents of Innocence, uh, by David Ignatius, who's one of the best, uh, I would say, mystery writers, if you will, about the Middle East and things like that. But I try to read a book about every two weeks, and I just find that it's a way to um, keep my mind open in terms of what's next. Well, it's great, and I'm uh, jealous. I he was telling you earlier today that 
my wife and I have set up our living room to be more reading friendly and, and really want to start doing that more because I love to read, but sometimes I have a tough time finding the time. Last question, which is always a pleasant one for me, and I know you're very passionate about music, so this will be interesting. I don't think I know the answer to this, but I like to ask guests, assume you're on a deserted island, uh, don't worry about the technology issue, but you're allowed to bring one album with you, and you know, I like to find out what is that album and why would you pick it? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a uh, tough call, obviously, if I was faced with that, uh, that probably wouldn't be my biggest issue if I was on a deserted island. Um, my instinct would have been to say Led Zeppelin and, uh, you know, uh, Houses of the Holy. But the reality is if I was really going to be reflecting, I would go to Dave Matthews Band. And I actually wouldn't care which, uh, which album it was. Um, I, just, I just love the way he sings. I think his voice is like an instrument itself. And uh, that's what, that would keep me busy at least for the first couple of days. After that, I'd probably go crazy. <laughs> well, that's a good one. Um, one of my fondest memories, actually, is of Dave Matthews Band at Fenway Park. It, he did a double bill with Cheryl Crow, and it was on a perfect summer night, and it was just you know one of those things that yeah, I will and, always and remember. And with uh, Sweet Caroline? You know, I can't remember. I don't think he did, but that would have been apropos because for anyone listening in that doesn't know, in the, uh, uh, what is it, the seventh inning, they do Sweet Caroline by Neil Diamond. So um, he may have worked it in somewhere. I don't think he ended with it. Anyway, uh, this has been a lot of fun. This is Aaron Strout, CMO W2O Group, host of the What to Know podcast show, sitting with my colleague and resident smarty, book author, vice chair, chief innovation officer, and occasional uh, host of the What to Know himself, Bob Pearson. Thanks, Bob. Great to be here. Want more episodes of What to Know? We post a new episode every Thursday. Subscribe on iTunes, the podcast app, the Stitcher app, or Spotify, and view the podcast page at w2ogroup.com slash what to know.